Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Yeah, I know for the last three weeks I've come in kind of grumpy. Why is that? Not getting my sleep. Uh Uh-oh. The dog's taking the bed. (laughs) The dog's hogging the bed. I know you don't have dogs, Judy. You have cats, but your cats hog your bed, don't they? They do. And you know what? I try to accommodate them, and I don't like to wake them up. I, You know, they sleep all day long. Why can't I get my sleep at night? You see, I try to accommodate my dog, too. Uh-huh. But uh, I just, you know, I'm losing sleep over it. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Oh, hi. My name's Alicia Runyon. Hi, Alicia. How are you doing? Good. How are you today? Very good. Does your dog hop into bed with you? Every night under the heating blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Does he take a lot of space? <laughs> well, he's only about 10 pounds, but yes, he, he takes the space between my legs and under my arm, but uh, <laughs> it's, well, it's well worth it. <laughs> are you one of those people that won't move around because you don't want to disturb their sleep? Well, he, he growls at me if I move. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah he, he's, um, he growls and he's getting a little... Um, well, he, I, I've had four sutures already, <laughs> oh, which is not, no. not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the behavior modification doctor through my veterinarian had given me some pointers. Um, I have to create him during the day when I go to work oh. because otherwise he'll, he'll urinate during, throughout the house. Uh-huh. Um, and so we're working on some things with the uh, behavior doctor. But uh, now I don't think he'll bite me in bed. It's just when I pick him up and put him in, put him in the crate. Oh. Now, is this behavior, how many sessions have you had with the behavior doctor? Uh, well, just one. And we're setting something up for March for um, yeah, in person. She had given me some pointers over the phone. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm. if you have any advice in that area, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love him to death, and, but, and it's, you know, it's, I'm sure he's acting this way because he's not happy mm. um, to be created. But it, it's a nice crate. It's, it's wide open. It's, um, uh, you know, he has his food, his, his toys and whatnot, and, um, you know, everything's nice and he's safe, but he just does not like it. Okay, we have Alicia on the phones, and we she has a pet emergency, so we had to get Vlade, the Russian dog wizard, on the phone. <laughs> Vlade, how are you doing? I'm doing better than I deserve. I'm world famous fire, as a matter of fact. You did not present me properly. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I owe you <laughs> on that. Alicia, can you explain your problem to Vlade? Well, I have a six-year-old, um, what I bought is a Jack Russell, wonderful. Oh, Jack Russell terrorist, okay. Uh, you know what, that's what we call him, the terrorist. Um, okay. You know, we we uh, researched the dog before we, we bought him. I knew he was uh, high-spirited, active. Uh, the, the Jacks that I've known have had a good temperament. Uh, okay. My daughter is a horseback rider, so we've they're in that arena pretty much. So we knew we wanted one. We have a large area. He gets a lot of exercise. My daughter jumps him over, jumps, you know, hurdles in the backyard. Um, we have a cat. He bosses the cat around. But my problem is he, if I leave him alone in the house, he will urinate and um, poop in the house. Um, okay, Alicia, I think you have a very easy problem to take care of. I think you have a separation anxiety going on. It is nothing about uh, he's mad at you or he's doing a big because, I mean, any other emotions involved, he just has separation anxiety from you. Did you try to leave him in the crate when you leave the house, no? Yes, I crate him every day, which is bad that I have to do it. Um, we started out with a nice-sized crate, and my veterinarian um, had me speak with a behavior modification specialist who suggested going to a smaller crate. Um, mm-hmm. It's a... It's a 
It's it's a crate that you can, you know, it's a wire crate so you can see out. Okay, so what you need to do, you can do this procedure in the crate or not in the crate, whatever you prefer. So you need to use the uh, my techniques, which calls Taliban husband comes home and Taliban husband leaves the house, who is not giving his wife kisses and hugs. He tells her go to dishes and go to laundress. Okay, I know this approach is not going to work really well in North American society, but what he needs to do, okay, when you I when you practice it Saturday or Sunday and Sunday, as a matter of fact, if you, he can be not in the crate, just you know what you need to do. You need to open the door. Uh, just pretend so you go somewhere. In five minutes, come back, okay? Open the door with attitude. You know, hey, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to just, just go straight toward the, the kitchen. If he jumps at you or barks or whatever it is, clap your finger, clap your hands, make the sound like, just startle him into the attention like, hey, I, I'm not in this uh, position right now to, to deal with this type of the thing. Just go to the kitchen, uh, make circle around your house, and leave the house without saying anything, okay? And after that, maybe come back in 20 minutes. And after that, do the same attitude and do it 40, 50, one hour, two hours, three hours. I guarantee you, if nothing happened within three hours, it's not going to happen since. Now, when you go to the Monday, I would prefer to get pet sitter in your home. I know it's additional expenses, but this is what you should do. Two times per day for the first two weeks, have somebody comes in to break the day, to take him outside, so yes. to play with him, so he would understand if something happened with you, you are not going to die, because the dogs don't have a sense of the time. You leave, he thinks you are forever. The, the second thing is you need to destroy all smell, otherwise you're going to go back and pee again in the same spot. Please use the product which works. I like Petastic, I like Simple Solutions, or another yes. product that can work. Um, make so, it Miracle? A natural miracle is a great product as well. I, I so use you can, that. Yeah, use it on that and make sure go back and forth. Make sure leave him with his, um, the toys which you would love him. You know what he would love him to chew if he needs to yes. play with. Um, yes. I prefer to give them bully sticks. Now, let's alternative to the rawhide. And I'm gonna give them when I leave the house. It will take him 30, 40 minutes to finish that one. Will basically how, keep how him. But how do I get him to the crate? That's my problem. He goes under my bed, and if I, if I go to pick him up, he'll bite me, and I, he has bitten me already. He has bitten whom? Me. Uh, so you have another problem, is? Well, yeah, he bit me, and he ha I've had sutures once, and he's bitten me a few times where I do. he does draw blood. So now you're telling me besides... Besides separation anxiety, you also have a problem with uh, biting you. Am I right? Only when I have to pick him up to put him in the crate, yes. Okay, so put the muzzle on him first, okay? Okay. And uh, uh, pick him up, give him cheese, pick him up, give him cheese, pick him up, give him cheese, unless he's associated to picking up with the positive things. And after you can put him in the crate. And then take the muzzle off? Yes, but you can start to feed him in the crate. You can have a bowl with the food and put him in the crate, okay? And, uh, you know, and don't feed him in any time. In the beginning, he will go in the crate. You can close, don't close the door. Let him eat in the crate. Don't feed him anywhere else. He will go in the crate as the positive thing. See, see if I was around, oh, I, would, I, would, okay. I, would, I, would, I would take a completely different approach. But my rules are, if I cannot do better, don't make it worse. Whatever I can do, you cannot do it. Of course, I would do much different. I would do it very quickly. But with you, I want to be very, very 
careful about my suggestions. That is why I would prefer to do the slow step, st- steps. I, I will feed him in the crate. So the only time I put the food in the crate, he doesn't want to eat, he will be without lunch whole day. Okay, so put the food, in, will he eat his, he gets fed in the morning, so do I put the food in the crate in the morning and make him eat in there and just leave the bowl in there? Yes, and if he doesn't go in the crate, it's his problem. Okay. Okay, and eventually he will go, and sometimes do it when you are in the home, in the presence of you, so you would okay. praise him when he goes in the crate. And after that, you put, put the food in the crate and tell him, Command in and put him and put in the same time put the dish in the crate. He goes, you praise him. Okay. Do you think the size of the crate is appropriate, or should I go bigger? Bigger is the better because the bigger he will be less uh, less uh, uh, aggressive to go in the crate. The bigger. Okay, I'll go back to the larger size. My doctor had told me to go to, to downsize, which it's now maybe. Um, you probably know the sizes. I originally had one that was three foot by something, and they said no, that's for that too, size dog. You probably went too fast for the process. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. And you know what? What I just suggested to you, uh, it is, um, you know, this is just uh, addressing the symptoms. But yes, if you would like to address the cause, you have to put the collar and leash on your dog and work with him on obedience, simple obedience training. Let's go, sit, stay, calm down. Every day, that will really uh, position yourself as authoritative figure. I would like to suggest you to do this before you leave the house, so he could get tired. And when he gets tired, because tired dog is the good dog, so basically, when you do these exercises before you know you leave the house, so okay. you're gonna be tired. And when he's tired, he'll be less thinking about peeing, pooping, and doing other bad things in your absence. He will have less time to think about where you're at and what's happening, will you come back or not. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. We're running out of time. All very interesting. Uh, Vlade the Dog Wizard. Can I uh, go ahead and give out one of your DVDs, Vlade? Yes. Uh, my DVD, the people can order on RussianDogWizard.com, Russian, www.RussianDogWizard.com, and this is the only and the first and only United States patent-painting dog <laughs> training method in America. And I'm going to give you one, Alicia, okay? Oh, gosh, thank you so much. Alicia, thanks for calling one 405 8405 We have more Animal Radio on the way. Thank You're you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. You've heard of Superman and Spider-Man. Well... Now there's Salamander Man. Dutch police have arrested a thief. Some are calling the Salamander Man because this creepy criminal was talking himself into unsuspecting homes, saying he was looking for his lost salamander. He had also used a hamster excuse, but the salamander one was much more successful. Police had been hunting the burglar for months, and once caught, the salamander man admitted to about 60 thefts. He mostly took wallets and loose cash. They found him with nine empty wallets in his car, which had been stolen the day before. This concludes this episode of Salamander Man. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. When putting together a case like the Michael Vick case, putting all the facts together requires a little bit of forensic expertise. They actually called in a forensic veterinarian, Dr. Melinda Merck from the ASPCA, I believe, to help him. Doctor, are, are you there on the phone with us? Yes, I am. I wanted to make sure you were there with us. <laughs> uh, very exciting things, of course, we mentioned just a couple of weeks ago. There's a brand new CSI vehicle specifically for animals. That's correct. What specifically did you have to do with the Michael Vick case? Well, because of that case, is still an active case, at least on the state level so far. Uh, the, I can tell you what I did was uh, assist in the excavation of the graves when the federal government executed their second search warrant. And then I examined all the remains that we removed from those graves, which is somewhat what I'm doing today. I'm looking at another dogfighting case, examining the skeletal remains. And that's a new area in the veterinary world or in the animal world, there's certainly mammologists and osteologists that look at skeletons of animals, but no one's really looking at them as we do in human forensic anthropology to determine cause of death or any kind of trauma uh, prior to death. 
Would you say that you're the only one that's doing that right now? Pretty much, uh, yeah. That right now, I, I hesitate only because that for the last three years I've been giving conferences, trainings, workshops to the veterinary community in the hopes that I'm training others to do what I do, but certainly not on the level that I do and, and not on the bones especially. So that's what I hope to change is that there's going to be more people doing what I do. Do you have the vehicle on the road now, and what is a normal week like? Uh, the normal week is very um, unpredictable. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm always struggling to stay ahead in, in case I get that next call. But uh, we've already used the vehicle on a dogfighting case in Atlanta. Uh-huh. We used it on December 21st, uh, about 10 days after we finally got it down to Atlanta. And so, yeah, it's already being used. You say you're working on a case right now. Is that the case you're working on? Yes. Yes, another dogfighting case in Atlanta. And did you actually go out with the vehicle? Because I understand before this, you would have to actually take the evidence and put it in the trunk of your car. Yeah, the, the problem is, is when you go out to these scenes, you don't know what you're going to need. You don't mm-hmm. know if, what kind of evidence is going to be there, uh, no matter what the first responders find. So I was always trying to take every single thing I could need and then always ended up needing something that I didn't bring. Sure. So the vehicle's going to have everything, plus it provides me with the, not only the crime scene investigation uh, equipment that I need, but it also has, being a medical hospital, I can assess the animals, the live victims. If there's any emergency treatment that needs to be done, I can do that right then. Then we can get the cat or dog or whatever animal it is straight to the emergency clinic or a full-service hospital. So that's one of the best aspects of it because I end up doing, um, like I said, wearing many hats. So what I end up doing is doing crime scene investigation along with law enforcement, trying to process that scene with them, mm-hmm. whether that is um, just looking at all the paperwork or drugs or whatever is found and how that pertains to the case. And then I have to examine the live animals, and then I have, if there's any deceased, I have to do that as well. So it, it's a long process. So having the vehicle makes it more efficient. I can get most everything done at the scene, mm-hmm. especially if it's not here locally in Georgia. Since you are one of the few or maybe the only one doing this in the country, I guess it's on-the-job training for you. You didn't go to school for forensic veterinary medicine. <laughs> yeah, th- that has been a, um, a long road. I certainly have had some great mentors with medical examiners and forensic experts, like the forensic anthropologist at University of Florida has been wonderful to work with. And what I have found is that the forensic side, the human forensic side, is very interested in animal cases. They're, they say nothing new has come along since DNA, so they're, I think, maybe getting a little bored. But certainly <laughs> with the animal world and the now that we have these federal and state felony-type cases, it is creating an interest that they can apply their areas of expertise to research and, and also use those on animal cases. We're putting on the first ever veterinary forensic symposium for that purpose where we have human forensic experts coming in in April. We're holding this conference in Orlando and they're going to be talking about their fields and how that can apply to cases for animal cruelty. You probably see a lot of uh, ugly stuff during the day. How do you keep her all up? That's um, twofold. Uh, I have uh, my own pets and I get a lot of uh, downtime with them. That makes me remember why I'm doing this. I am also very successful in the cases that I work with, so that gives me um, motivation 
to do it and seek justice. Obviously, a Michael Vick conviction uh, was a good payoff for what you do, right? Yeah, that pleading guilty on all on all of those uh, defendants was a good. Um, uh, that always boosts your confidence and morale when you're doing these things. Yeah. I see uh, someone just handed me a note that you've actually provided expertise to the TV show CSI. Oh, yes. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the writers of CSI, just they just finished filming it right the, the week of the writer's strike. Um, so <laughs> we barely got it in. Uh, but, there, yeah, I worked with um, Chris Barber and Mike Daly, and they really did a great job in trying to make it technically correct on the dogfighting aspect. It, of course, it was a um, uh, it's a horrific type of topic, and I think it was very gruesome for the public to see. But they said that was their intent. They wanted to make sure that the awareness, no one swept Michael Vick and everything else under the rug. They wanted people to be aware. And you continue to do great work. The book now would be great for curriculum, I imagine, for uh, anybody that wanted to teach this, anybody that wanted to get into doing something like this, right? Right. And I think that was one of my motivations to write the book, because the veterinary, the veterinarian side, the vet students and the practicing veterinarians, they need a reference, a textbook, to make them feel comfortable and confident in dealing with these cases. And, and since then, there has been several universities, vet schools, that have started looking at or starting up a veterinary forensics uh, elective course. Purdue has the first one. This will be their second year. University of Georgia has just approved a course, and they're working on um, in Iowa and some, several other states that are looking at this. So they're starting to recognize that they need to incorporate this or offer it through the curriculum. And one of the things we're seeing also, we had three more states passed laws last year, I think we're up to 10, that have some kind of mandatory reporting requirements for veterinarians, which we don't. We don't right now have that, like on the human medicine side, mm -hmm. they're required to report suspected child abuse. Uh, we don't have that, except now we have it in 10 states. So when we see that happening, and that's going to just get more and more states, then they have to, have to teach this at the curriculum level. If you are a uh, student and want to learn more, or you have an opportunity to teach from this, I have five copies of Veterinary Forensics to give away. This is really the only publication or print of the topic. Won't be the only one, just the first. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, by Dr. Melinda Merck doing great work with the ASPCA and the new CSI Forensic. What are they calling that vehicle anyway? The Mobile Animal CSI Unit. And if you want to learn more about it, uh, we have actually information about that in a, I believe a picture up there at AnimalRadio.com. Doctor, we appreciate you spending time with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And, of course, check out the website, ASPCA.org. We have more Animal Radio on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live green is best for you, your family, and that includes your pets. Angel's Eyes Tear Stain Eliminator, the first tear stain product to be formulated for dogs and cats. Angel's Eyes is a permanent solution to tear stains working from the inside out. Angel's Eyes is added to your pet's food or water, preventing the stain before it can begin. Angel's Eyes is perfectly safe to use. It is made in the USA of USA ingredients containing no dyes or wheat. Angel's Eyes is 100% guaranteed when used as directed. See for yourself. Go to www.angeleyesonline.com and check out the results. Angel's Eyes will have your pet going from tear to clear in no time 
it all. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. You could uh, just dim the lights over there for me. How's that? Thank you very much. Uh Just a little darker if you could. Okay, there you go. He is, by all counts, the most happening, the most in touch, the most spiritual teacher, doctor, professor, prophet, saint, healer, philosopher, Reverend James Capers. Hello, how are you, sir? Oh, please don't call me sir. That's my daddy. (laughs) We know each other better than that. Welcome back to Animal Radio. How are you doing? I'm so wonderfully blessed. It's wonderful to be with you today. What have you been doing? I understand you've been talking to dolphins? Well, how I think that there's something that you don't know about my background, so I'm going to give it to you real briefly. First of all, I am a marriage family therapist intern, and I've been a uh, psychotherapist for the last uh, 15 years. Uh-huh. And now, uh, since my gifts have developed uh, in teaching my students uh, that I actually teach worldwide, uh, how to now begin to communicate effectively with their pet animals and other people's uh, precious little babies so that they can better have a better communication and a better lifestyle with them. Uh-huh. Well, I have a funny story here. If I can tell you real briefly about Hope Angel, my sister, I just adore that little boy so much. <laughs> <laughs> I adore him. Um, Mother Capers uh, came out to visit me in July, and we took a just a little weekend trip to uh, uh, Las Vegas, and we went to see the producers, and she wore these ruby earrings, and they're, I think they're worth about fifty, sixty thousand $60,000. And somehow, when we returned back to San Diego, she discovered one of the earrings was lost in Las Vegas. Oh, really? no. Yes, one of the earrings was lost. And she came home, and we were back in San Diego, and she was so upset. Sure. And I said, Mother, I said, I don't know what to do. And then she, she said, you know what, I just had such a wonderful time, she said, with you. She says, but this is just this is just trash the whole vacation because I'm so upset. And uh-huh. then Hope Angel, my shit suit, came up to me and said, I know where it's at. And I said, you know where it's at, Hope? He said, yes. And, you know, we have a little carrying case that we carry him on the plane because we took him to Vegas with us. Uh-huh. Yes, and, um, and I was walking him. I didn't keep him in the cage because, you know, he's a service dog and he can go anywhere I go. Uh-huh. And... While we were walking through the casino, evidently, Mother's earring fell out of her ear. Uh Hope picked the earring up, and when I put him inside of his kennel, his air flight kennel, to fly back to San Diego, he took the earring and he put it under the rug in his kennel. And when I got home, he said, it's under the rug in my kennel. He was, he was keeping it for safekeeping. Yeah, and so so uh, mother looked at me and she said, he's telling you he found the earring and is in his kennel. So I put the kennel, we couldn't even find where I put the kennel after we got to the house. <laughs> he said, it's in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> so we went in the other room and looked in there 
And I didn't see it. He said, I said it's under the rug, and I picked the rug up, the little rug that he has in the kennel, and there the earring was. Ooh. See, that defies the, again, it was scientific fact that the Shih Tzu was the, not the most intelligent <laughs> animal, not the most intelligent dog of all the, all the species. We just broke that right there. This is, of course, Hope Angel being a Shih Tzu who was protecting this wonderful earring. Yes, it was, you know, the set of earrings that she has, there are 10 carats with about eight carats of diamonds around them. Wow. I'm glad you didn't lose that. So now, back to the dolphins. What's with the dolphins? Someone handed me a note. You've been talking to dolphins. Oh, my goodness gracious. I was down teaching a seminar and workshop on telepathy and the ability to read mind or read mind consciousness. And we went to the beach, a group of students of about 45, and the dolphins were there down in Miami. And as I got into the water... Three came up to me and approached me very, very close, and I actually pet them. And they were talking. And the students took pictures and everything, and they were asking me, What are they saying? What are they saying? And the dolphins were actually, and it's really funny how, you know how in different parts of the United States people have accents? Uh Uh-huh. Well, dolphins also have accents, too, like people from the South. You know, they have that, hello, y'all, how you doing there? Well, (laughs) you know, it's funny because dolphins were saying, just like humans, uh, based upon their geographical part of the country, uh, of the world that they live in, uh, they have different ways of communicating with accents and they were telling me about that and they were also telling me about um, how uh, the currents are shifting under the waters and and pollution and different things were happening in the world that was endangering uh, the life cycle they told you a lot there well yeah we have a pretty nice little 15 20 minute conversation playing around splashing in the water and and carrying on you know the doctor loves to carry on (laughs) we are with uh dr reverend uh james capers our our friend of animal radio actually been a been a friend of mine for uh, we figured a couple of decades now and i gotta ask you this what are you doing now what are you doing now what do you have in the plans of course many of us that are charger fans know that you were blessing the chargers um and you see where the chargers are right now. They're just doing absolutely great. Well, I'm not going to take all of the credit, (laughs) but I'll tell you one thing. I spoke my word of blessing upon them, and you know what biblically they say, prophets have the power to bless as well as to curse. (laughs) But of course, we don't use that cursing power at all, but I love using that blessing power. Maybe just just every once in a while, like like someone cuts you off in traffic, do you ever use that cursing power? No, when someone cuts me off in traffic, how would I reach up and say, Lord, help me both. Help both of us. (laughs) Come on, Reverend. It's hell here. You must have used the cursing power at least just once, maybe once. Well, you know what? I would never use the cursing power because, I, I, you know, what you send out is what you get back. And I want to send out love to people. And I want to send love to animals and, and love to the human race that we may abide in peace and 
joy. That is why in all of my pet uh, therapy sessions, that when pet, pet parents have problems, I ask them to look at what actually makes you angry, what makes you mad. And if, then they go on to talk about what makes them angry and what makes them mad. And then I say to them, well, you know what? Your pet dog or your pet cat or uh, your pet kangaroo, whatever, may be responding to your anger. Mm-hmm. They do. They follow what you're doing very closely. If you're angry, your your pets or your animals can be very angry. If you're stressed, they can be stressed. If you're happy and always putting out that happy, they're going to be yes. happy. Yes, yes, yes. If people want to learn more, they can go to your website, uh, which is what? It escapes me. Oh, yeah, that's drjamescapers.com. Just like the name. <laughs> yes, drjamescapers.com. But we're going to be doing a lot of uh, grief and bereavement counseling for people who are pet parents who, who've also lost a loved one in the family, a, a loved pet. Uh, and if they really need some help, and, you know, and we not only work with uh, adults, but we also work with children. And a lot of times the uh, parents will call and say, you know, we want to make an appointment uh, with you. Is it all right? Our child is about seven or eight years old by phone and with our permission, uh, but they just lost, a, you know, a, 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 a beautiful, beautiful Siamese cat or a beautiful Irish setter who's been in the family a long time, who they befriend, and they're going through a bereavement process. Can you help? And the answer is yes. Losing a, an animal is like losing a family member and sometimes can be worse than losing a family member. If you're close to an animal, some some family members you don't see as often, but that animal is in your life every day. And they give you, you unconditional love. Yeah, and you form a really close bond. And let's face it, there are some family members that, you know. <laughs> we don't select our family members, but we select our pets. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true, but you know what? Actually, I know that hope is a shih tzu, but to me... He's my son. I call him. I say to him, come on, little boy. Come on. Come on, my son. Dr. Capers, thank you yes. so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And don't forget, those who need some pet counseling, the doctor's in the house. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man. Eddie Money, make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at caninecaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. one 405 8405 Toll free. Who's this? This is Marge Cedarquist. Hi, Marge. How you doing? Good. Where are you calling from? Jamestown, New York. Jamestown, listening on uh, this WJTN, is it? Correct. Brand new uh, to the Animal Radio Network. Well, thank you so much for listening. How can we help you today? 
Well, we have a German Shepherd that's about 10 months old, but she's huge. Ooh. And she just jumps on everybody. Oh, oh no. Showing her affection, but uh, sometimes that can be annoying, huh? Well, she's so big. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you do now when she jumps on you? Well, I try to lift my knee up so that she stops, <laughs> but she's just so quick. Uh-huh. Oh, dodging the dodging the bullet there. What would you do in that case there, Judy? Well, it, it's different from small dogs and big dogs. You have a big dog. What you want to do is when the, when the dog goes to jump, most people, your first reaction is to kind of step back. Mm-hmm. And they interpret that as an invitation to jump up. What you need to do is step forward. Forward. Step mm. forward and lean into the dog so that you don't give him any room to jump. Body language there. Yes. Huh? Yes. Oh. And, the, and the dog can't get balanced. And it'll, it'll force him to put his feet back on the ground. Oh. So you don't want to knee him. Don't yell at him or anything. And praise him when he sits down. Oh. And okay. This is a behavior that's been going on for a little while now. Are they trained already, Judy, or is it? Can you can break. You can break the habit. You can break the habit. But again, just lean into it because it'll force him to go back down. Give him a treat. Tell him good boy. And if he's jumping on other people, yes, which she you, is. <laughs> yes. What, what's her name? Shotzi. Shotzi. Lady Shotzi. Lady Shotzi. <laughs> you can do this. You can kind of set it up and have someone help you to go through this a few times. What you want to do is you want to put her on a leash. Uh-huh. And when she goes to jump on to a person as they come in the door or something, you want to tug on the leash, but you don't want to pull straight back. That uh-huh. will knock her. That She could actually fall and get hurt. What right. you want to do is pull it to the side. So you pull her to the side. That'll force her down. And again, once she gets down, give her a treat and just kind of reinforce both these actions over and over until she finally gets it, that it's not the right thing to do. Now, she has to be on a leash for that. She has to be a leash when it's other people. Oh, okay. Okay. But when it's you that she's jumping on or one of your family members, tell them to lean into it. Okay. That'll force her kind of back. She won't know what's going on. She'll be off balance. She'll go down on the ground. But tell them not to step back. Because dogs interpret that as an invitation. Here I come. You're making room for me. Ah, Okay. okay. Oh, very good. You know what? I'm going to head into the prize closet and get Lady Shotzi some peppermint sticks and some uh, toys from the closet, if that's okay. We can send them (laughs) to you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Designed to Sell for Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pet. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Hi! I'm Victoria 
Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. It's going to be a three-dog night. Is your pet sleeping with you? I'm Hal Abrams. The term three-dog night originates with the Inuit tribes of Alaska. They measured nocturnal temperatures based on how many of their sled dogs they needed to bring indoors to serve as bed warmers. And especially at this time of year, not only do we want to keep warm, but our pets want to keep warm as well. A recent Adweek study revealed that 69% of us allow our pets in bed. Now it seems everyone we speak with has stated that one time or another their pets have slept in bed with them. But if they have a spouse, how did that spouse feel about the sleeping arrangement? Animal Radio discussed the problem with world-renowned psychiatrist Dr. Joyce Brothers. She feels that pets can easily come between partners when they don't agree on sleeping arrangements. I have had that situation, and uh, the lady had a chow, uh, and the dog was very territorial and wouldn't let the husband get to the bed. So they ended up with two rooms, uh, and then they ended up with a divorce. We also spoke to Animal Radio listeners just to find out how they cope with this problem. We talked, and Mark decided, okay, I'll I'll give in. And so we kicked the dog out for about six months, and it slowly crept back in every night about four o'clock. We want you to tell us how you keep peace in bed. Call Animal Radio toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 or email your voice at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Pet smiles go high-tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys, your veterinarian here at Animal Radio. For us, going to the dentist will often include services ranging from dental x-rays to repairing fractured teeth. And more pet owners want the same sort of services for their pets. Fixing their pet's smile is a job for the veterinary dentist. Dental x-rays are a common service for us when we visit the dentist, but our pets have not always been so lucky. The importance of these x-rays cannot be overstated. Even if your pet's mouth looks healthy, chances are there's some sort of problem that lies deeper. According to veterinary dental experts, 42% of cats and 28% of dogs have hidden dental problems. And since most of the tooth lies under the gum line, veterinarians need help to see what kind of problems are happening below. Normally, our canine friends should have 42 teeth, but for many toy breeds or short-faced breeds like the pug, for example, this number can cause crowding. 
Additionally, dogs with underbites and overbites also occur. All of these conditions can make it difficult and even painful for the pet to properly chew food. Veterinary dentists will actually use orthodontics and braces to help correct these types of problems. Cats have their own unique dental problems. Due to reasons that are not fully understood, cats can develop a painful erosion of the tooth enamel called a neck lesion. As the normal enamel is lost, the pulp cavity of the tooth is exposed to the environment, painfully stimulating the nerves. Extraction of the tooth is often the most common solution. Trauma to the pet's teeth is an almost everyday problem at the veterinarian's office, and it might happen because of chewing rocks. Believe it or not, that's very common in dogs. Police dogs are at high risk for breaking these large canine teeth due to their rigorous duties as policemen. Most dental experts agree that root canals are a better option than just simply extracting the tooth. Even teeth suffering from advanced periodontal disease may be saved with the combination of the right owner, cooperative pet, and veterinary dental team. Veterinary oral surgery is now on the rise and pet owners will do whatever they can for their four-legged friends. But a compliant pet and a committed owner are essential if dental surgery is going to be a success. The use of this newly developed barrier sealant gel is another high-tech but low-cost method of helping your pet's mouth stay healthy. Oravet gel is especially designed to adhere to the tooth surface and repel plaque. In just about a minute a week, you can now minimize plaque and tartar buildup. It takes a whole team to keep your pet's smile healthy and pretty. Talk with your family veterinarian and ask if dental radiographs are available in your area. Find out what at-home dental procedures you can do and help your pet keep his happy smile. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. And that's all we have for this hour. Remember, there's lots more streaming online at animalradio.com. And remember, please spay or neuter, don't declaw, and adopt from your local shelter. I'm Hal Abrams. I'm Judy Francis. Have a great week. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And welcome back to Hour 2 of Animal Radio, you lucky devil, you. The poet didn't even know it. My feet are Longfellow. They don't show it. Oh, boy. You go, boy. Yeah, you can tell it's Hour 2, huh? one 866 405 This hour, animal communicator Joy Turner is back. If you want to talk to your cat, your dog, your fish, your iguana... She's the medium. one 405 8405 Also, are you guilty of a multi-pet household? I think most of us are. Uh, we'll have tips on keeping the peace up next. Who's this? Michelle. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Where do you live? I live in Los Angeles, California. So you must be listening on either Coast or K-Big. How can we help you today? Well, I have a problem. Uh, my Akita Mix Husky, she... She's been urinating um, when she sleeps. It just kind of comes out. She's uh-huh. laying around. She just kind of pees. 
and we don't know what's wrong, so we took her in, and the doctor didn't really say much. She kind of just said it could have been a couple of things, and she did get a cortisone shot for, um, I believe, some dry skin a couple days before everything started happening. Oh, really? Okay, yes. How old is she? She's about five years now. Okay. Has it gotten better at all since the cortisone shot? Actually, yesterday, we kind of noticed a difference. Okay. The cortisone is going to uh, probably shrink up things and, and, and have uh, inflammation kind of shrink up, and that may have something to do with the incontinence. I would keep an eye on him. Ma uh -huh. Make sure that it's improving. If you haven't told your doctor, you should probably tell your doctor that this is a side effect that's happening with the cortisone shot. Just give them a call and tell the nurse to at least add that to the records and see if it's really important. If it continues, obviously you'll have to head on back to the vet. There is uh, all kinds of med medications that can help with incontinence and problems like that. How old is your Akita? She's five. Five years old. Never had a problem like this before? Actually, you know what? Um, every so often, she does do this. When she's sleeping at night, we wake up if she's laying on the bed, there's like a wet spot. But we never really kind of paid attention. We just thought, well, that's weird because it was really, it wasn't a regular thing. Uh -huh. Has she been spayed? Yes, she has. Okay. Uh, Lure your vet. Let your vet know what's happening, and especially that it's increased since the cortisone shot. And you're probably going to have to go back to the vet to find out what's wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to well, determine. yes. We did. He did. Um, my my dad did take her in. Yes. And um, but they gave her. You know, we took her in after it started happening, and the doctor kind of just didn't really say a specific reason why it was happening. They gave her some pills for infection. And when the doctor said it could have been a cortisone shot, he had said, well, my dad said, well, how, you know, what, is that a big, is that a big thing? And she goes, well, it's probably 1%. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know what it was. The doctor wasn't really, she was really vague about it. Mm, okay. Well, you, you got to ask your doctor. You got to say, I don't understand or what, what's happening. And uh, if, uh -huh. if your doctor can't answer that, then it's time to find a new doctor because you got you to gotta feel confident, just as you would with your own doctor. You got to feel confident yeah. with your veterinarian, you know? Yeah, it was kind of like an emergency thing. So, yeah, oh. we didn't like the doctor. We're definitely going to take her somewhere else. But Yeah, yeah. I, I think you need to get her back into someone who's going to sit down and answer the questions that you have about it because of all of the problems you've mentioned so far, uh, fortunately, uh, don't sound fatal. They sound like they can be easily cured with some medicine. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to go ahead and send her some toys. Is that okay? I, I imagine she's still a playful little gal. Oh, she is. She <laughs> would love it. Okay, we'll send her. We have some uh, rubberized toys over there. Kong like toys. Yes. Oh, thank you. From oh, Planet Dog. Hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. Far to the north, in a land that sleeps long months under blankets of snow and ice, the residents spend their evenings watching shimmering curtains of silken color light up the night sky. For thousands of generations, the inhabitants of the Arctic wilderness have enjoyed a timeless rhythm, a rhythm undisturbed by the wheels and machines of modern life. The residents here are many and varied. There is polar bear. On the coastal plain of this ice land, the bears make their dens and have their cubs. Polar bear taught the people how to make their igloo homes. The reason the birthing dens of polar bear are similar in shape and form to the igloos of the people. Strongest and fiercest of all Arctic creatures, polar bear has but one enemy, humankind. There is Arctic fox. The art of camouflage is the essence of fox. Her fur changes to reflect the season, 
white in the ice and snow of winter, gray to red to brown in the short months of the midnight sun. There is grizzly bear, the most desired guardian spirit by shamans of the north. It is bear, not the shaman, who selects who is worthy of his protection and guidance. There is caribou. Her name is French-Canadian for reindeer. Tens of thousands of years have witnessed her ancestors' migrations to the coastal plain to have their young. Thousands and thousands of caribou in a timeless dance of shared legacy. There is wolf. Strong and loyal to his family and pack, he mates for life, the very soul of the wilderness. There is musk oxen. Shaggy relic of an age of ice long past, almost extinct at the turn of the century. She was reintroduced to her native home not long ago. Once again, this woolly-horned creature enjoys the habitat in which she was born to dwell. There is whale. The Inuit consider the bowhead whale of these northern waters great spirit's most magnificent creation. The largest mammal in the world has but one enemy, humankind. There are people. For a thousand generations, the native people have lived their traditional ways in this Arctic coastal plain. These are the residents who inhabit this land year-round. But others do not. When the land awakens into spring and summer, over 180 different species of birds will return to the Arctic to nest in the wetlands. They will travel from six continents and every single one of the lower 48 states, many having spent the winter with you in your backyard. You know them. Robin, Rufus Hummingbird, Black-capped Chickadee, Meadowlark, Red-winged Blackbird, Dark-eyed Junco, Says Phoebe, Golden Eagle. This land, home to so many, is the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, the most fragile and sensitive ecosystem in the world, and the only refuge that contains all of the Arctic ecodynamics as they have been for all those thousands of generations of human and animal alike. Ages ago, another animal lived here as well, the dinosaur. Long extinct now, 65 million years, Yet his absence still demands our attention, for it is his presence, in the form of his fossilized remains turned to oil, that fuels the desire to dramatically alter the life and livelihood of all who live in this land of ice and snow and curtains of light. A finite amount of dinosaurs remains, enough for only 10 months of the desired fuel, that threatens a finite amount of animals who have lived for tens and thousands of years in this their last and only refuge. The word refuge comes from the Latin to flee. It means shelter and protection from danger or trouble. It is not just a word from the dictionary, but our word to keep. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on learn more we are back in las vegas with dr debbie white animal radio's resident vet if you're like us at animal radio you have a soft heart and you see a cat or a dog that needs a home oftentimes if we can't find a home for it we'll we'll home that animal ourselves and that's led us into a multi-cat situation behavior changes dramatically what kind of behaviors do you see in multi-cat multi-pet households well outside of the usual squabbles and uh, disagreements that you might run into whether it be over food territory or someone's affections 
we can run into some problems, um, particularly with house soiling. And that's one of the greatest problems we run into in multi-cat households because that's really how one of the ways that cats talk to us and talk to each other is by um, marking. Marking their territory. Now, if you have a problem like that, what do you do? The most important thing is to make sure you see your veterinarian and make sure there's not a health problem, whether it be an infection, uh, bladder stones, or something else that might be going on in the, in the urinary tract. That's the most critical point first. And then we can help isolate whether there might be a behavioral component um, to the problem as well. How is the behavioral component often addressed? Well, sometimes um, medications, anti-anxiety medicines, uh, commonly prescribed nowadays. And we want to make sure we rule out the health problem. Um, but um, for many cats, that may be of great benefit for them. Nike is a, is a little Prozac baby. Doesn't take a heavy-duty dose, does he, Doc? No, he's actually on a pretty uh, small dosage um, and uh, tapering down with time. Hopefully we can maybe even get him off it. He was fine when we first got him. We've had him uh, when he was about three years old. I guess he was reaching his sexual maturity, and he wanted to become the alpha cat. So he started spraying around the whole studio, marking everything as his. And it happened about three years, just kind of all of a sudden. So I made sure that I took him to the vet, made sure there were no other problems going on. We ruled out any kind of urinary infections. Then the next step was to do blood work to make sure that everything was okay with his system and that he could tolerate medication. He has now been on Prozac since November, so a few months, and this spraying has stopped his personality. He's getting along better with the cats, and he's really changed a lot for the better. And I, I have a girlfriend whose cat also started spraying and marking and uh, just got her cat on Prozac, and it's, it was a lifesaver for her because it was basically the cat was going to go. Now, I'd work with Nike forever, but she was at her wit's end. And Prozac has been a lifesaver for us cat lovers out there. And that's one of the very important things is we see cats that have urinary problems and don't have troubles getting along in households with other cats. It's one of the great reasons why they might be relinquished to shelters. So, um, you know, if if you're up for the challenge and giving medication, um, you know, this can be a really important step for a lot of families. Are there other behavioral issues that happen in multi-cat households? Yeah, and a lot of them are actually anxiety-driven. Mm. So we can see problems with excessive grooming behaviors where cats might um, self-traumatize themselves, groom themselves to the point of actually having sores, um, hairless areas on their body. And it's actually treated in a similar way where we address the anxiety component, uh, try to correct what we can behaviorally. But if not, then some of those, those pets are actually good candidates for anxiety medicine. And I'm seeing that stress-related behavior, um, separation anxiety in particular, is now being treated in canines with Prozac, a compounded Prozac that uh, tastes like chicken, I guess. Well, there's actually a lot of different remedies for canine um, problems and behavior. And cats, um, maybe a little less so in the uh, labeled drug category. Um, but yes, there's a lot of new alternatives out there for medication. And we can't forget some of the more um, non-medical routes, um, things like the uh, plug-in uh, diffusers, the um, pheromones. Mm -hmm. Those have a great place for both dogs and cats when we're dealing with multi-pet households. If you don't want to go to the drug route and you're not so hot on the pheromone route, are there other solutions to any of these behavioral problems? Well, that's where it gets tricky. And we, then we start talking about altering household environments and separating uh, enclosures from one cat to another. In some cases, that may be helpful, but in other cases, it may actually take um, separating out a, a cat to another home um, or maybe uh, you know finding the best situation for one cat. I remember the second cat that we added to the studio. I 
I was wondering, you know, is this going to work? Because we've had the one for quite some time. But not only that, but the second cat was ill when we brought it into the home, which required us to keep it separate from the original cat, which is, I guess, actually the proper way to do it anyway in the beginning is to integrate them slowly. Right. You'd want to do not only a quarantine for the sick health's um, uh, benefit, but also just kind of gradually get them acclimated to each other's smells, to the sights, to the sounds of the other cat. Um, but there's no reason that with, um, you know, a couple cats you can't add another. It just gets more challenging when you get more personalities into the mix of things. So you definitely want to make sure that some of the guidelines I'd have would be try to try to go for a younger cat if you already have an adult cat in the home. They may come in a little lower on the totem pole and may be more willing to fit into the um, the scenario already and the hierarchy that's going on in your cat household. Of course, uh, it just warms the cockles of your heart. What we see in the studios, all four of the cats lying together, cuddled up, and really enjoying each other's company. So I don't want to discourage anyone from multi-animal households. It can be done. Absolutely. You just have to keep in mind that cats are individuals and they all have their own personality. And if one cat is a lot of fun, just think how much fun two is going to be. Two or even three. <laughs> Dr. Debbie White, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Coming up, Joy Turner, Animal Communicator, right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. I'm Susie Kurtz, and I'm listening to Animal Radio. And you should really check out the Farm Sanctuary website, farmsanctuary.org. First taker. One take. (laughs) Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. At Onesto Organics, we believe in whole foods for the whole animal. All of our human-grade organic pet foods are unrefined and dehydrated to preserve vital nutrients. Our veggie hides for dogs are delicious, nutritious, and completely free of grain, gluten, corn, and soy. Onesto Organics, we're all about healthful goodness for your pet. Honestly, nothing less will do. Check us out at www.onestoorganics.com. Hey, all you animal lovers out there. Last February, I had my dog Rudy neutered during Spay Day USA. This year, I'm going to enter him in the pet photo contest at humanesociety.org slash spayday. It runs January 15th through February 29th. You can upload your pet's picture, get your friends to vote for him, and win some cool prizes. So get out there and take some pictures. Good luck trying to beat my Rudy. Presented by the Humane Society of the United States. Sponsored by Nature's Miracle and powered by Pets 911. Upload your pet photo at humanesociety.org slash spayday. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. 
a quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. If there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? Green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years. And taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant green tea to your daily diet. And if you call Call now to order and buy two months. We'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315 or visit airtimestore.com. Hi, this is Clive Pierce from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please, please remember to spay and mute. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Are you ready to talk to your animals? 1 866 405 8405. Hi, Joy. Hello, Hal. How are you doing? Doing very well. How are you doing? I'm marvelous. Thank you. Are you ready to go? Absolutely. Okay. Who do we have on the phones with us? This is Margaret. Hi, Margaret. How are you doing? Good. And who are we going to be talking to today? Um, a little six-year-old tuxedo uh, kitty named Emma. Emma. Emma? Emma, meet Joy. <laughs> Hi there. She's sitting right here. Oh, good. So what would you like to talk to Emma about? Well, um, she's very loving. She's very cuddly to both my husband and myself, but it's only on her terms. If she doesn't want to be moved or touched, she'll hiss at us, and I would love to understand her side of the story. Oh, she gave me a big sigh, and she says she's so grateful that you asked this because she thinks that this is a common issue that a lot of people that live with animals have, and they don't understand they have it. So she's hoping to help everybody understand this issue. Wonderful. She says that in your life, you think you have the right to, for instance, pay attention to her when you would like to or have her pay attention to you. And if you're busy or you don't feel like paying attention at that moment, you ask her to wait. And she's waiting for you to say yes or no. In other words, do you have times when you do want to pay attention to her and other times when you don't, just like you would have times when you do want to pay attention to someone else or you don't? Sure. Okay. She said, well, animals are really no different than that. People just think they're supposed to be. (laughs) Available whenever, huh? Yeah. So it's kind of, she said, the way most people look at animals is if I want to pet them or pick them up or whatever, then I should be able to do that. And that doesn't take into account that maybe the animal is wanting something else in that moment. Yeah. This this happens all the time here at the Animal Radio Studios. We'll be working, one of the studio cats comes up, and uh, uh, maybe I'm in the middle of something, and I'll be very snippy. And, of course, it works both ways, is what you're saying, Joy, Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm. And sometimes, not always is this true, but sometimes what I find is, for instance, how you just said you would be snippy. Well, someone that would be snippy to their kitty, for instance, the kitty might be snippy back to them. Someone that would just say, would you wait a minute, please? 
then the kitty might just say, would you wait a minute? So they often will tend to mirror the way we respond to them. Mm. That's something I'm working on, by the way. Yeah, she she's our little princess, though. We move over and we do everything for her, so maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Because, yes, well, it isn't that you don't do everything for her. She didn't necessarily, she was doing a very general, broad discussion of this whole concept of <laughs> animals have essentially their rights too, even if they live oh, with yeah. you. Yeah. Because that's why she used the example of there are some people that sometimes you want to interact or you don't. Okay, well, yeah, right now she's wagging her tail like, I really don't want to discuss this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, she just. It's more Which for is, her is kind more, of her attitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's just kind of who she is. She's wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful. She's she just, says, by the way, oh. she adores you both. That what? She adores you both. Oh, well, we adore her. She's wonderful. She's one of, of four com- animal friend companion people around here. So, yeah, we've got a great household here. Thanks for calling, Margaret. We appreciate it. Give him a big old hug for us. I notice the more that you give, the more that they want. That's yeah. uh, the more time you spend with them. They expect you to then spend. You know, if I spend a Saturday and a Sunday with my cat, he expects me to uh, give up work Monday through Friday. Yeah, this is true. You were gone all day. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, why should I? Yeah, perk up just because you're home. Thank you for calling. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Joy, if someone wants to get in touch with you during the week, how can they do that? They can do that either by going through my website, which they can get to through two addresses. It's talkwithyouranimals.com or joyturner.com, or they can call me at 425-867-1779. And don't forget, you can catch an hour of Joy Turner every weekday at animalradio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. You learn be- more. Be done yet? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it wasn't my turn yet. Hey, listen, you may already be buying cloned milk and cloned meat. All the details up next right here on Animal Radio. Hey, this is Cesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. It ain't easy being a dog. All my buddies were making fun of me for what I decided to do. It's say, hey, Rufus, say goodbye to your manhood and change your name to Rita. Well, guess who's laughing now? Ever since I got neutered, it's a whole new world. I'm not snappy or overexcitable. I'm just good old Rufus. So humans, this February, do your pets a favor. Have them spayed or neutered. To find a location near you, visit humanesociety.org slash spayday. Brought to you by the Humane Society of the United States. Hi, this is Emmylou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. The FDA says food from cloned animals is safe. I'm Hal Abrams. After years of debate, the Food and Drug Administration declared that food from cloned animals is safe to eat, clearing the way for milk and meat derived from genetic copies of prized dairy cows, steers, and hogs to be sold at your grocery store. Julie Janowski, director of campaigns for the Farm Sanctuary, joins us. What does this mean exactly? It means a number of things. The worst thing that it means is that we don't even know how many animals are going to suffer due to this technology. Not a lot of people know that when you clone animals, other animals suffer. In fact, many die. Based on the FDA's own assessment, there are some problems and severe 
medical problems for animals that are cloned and the progeny even of those animals. And so why do you think they put their seal of approval on this? I think a lot of it has to do with industry. They haven't done a significant look at what's really going to happen to animal welfare and what's going to happen to these animals that are put into the system. They also haven't really been able to confirm that any of these animals are going to be healthy and have a normal life. And this for the end user means there's going to be products in our supermarket like milk and meat that are cloned and not even labeled. That's absolutely correct. There is, according to the industry's own words, there's, they don't feel there's any need for there to be labeling. So I could buy this stuff and not even know it. You absolutely ah. could. And it's, the progeny from cloned animals could already be moving out there now. So there could be already cloned products in our supermarkets, cloned meat or cloned milk that's already there and we don't even know that it's cloned. That would be correct. Mm. And there's no way to find out given that there is no requirement for there to be any kind of labeling. And it's it's really quite frightening given that, you know, animals are going to be suffering. They're without a doubt going to be suffering due to this. There are so many more animal problems that include everything from deformities to stillbirths to early death, heart and kidney problems, liver disorders. There's just so many additional health problems that can happen with cloned animals. And we don't know what the what the long-term effects are either. For the humans that are consuming this food. Exactly. Okay, so what can we do? Is there any kind of boycott? We're really trying to get the attention of the government now. Congress has already sent an extremely strong message that was included in the Farm Bill, which has yet to pass. But the Senate has fully approved a stopgap to try to stop the FDA from moving forward with cloned food going into the marketplace. And even though that bill hasn't passed yet, it is a strong message. So what we want to do is make sure that the public is definitely aware that this is going on. The cloned animals, they are going to suffer problems. Hopefully, if you do buy animal products, contact the companies. Let them know this is not okay with you. And also contact your federal legislators to let them know how strongly you feel about this issue. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, and remember how very, very important it is to spay or neuter your pet. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, anyone who's ever had a pet or dog and is pet a cat, like, heard them, I purr my cat all the time. <laughs> the fact that massage is a pleasurable experience should be no surprise. Because it is not only beneficial to the animals, but it is uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, behaviorally balancing for them. Even just having the animals produces a lower lowering of blood pressure and stress levels. And that's why I'm so calm today, is I just spent about 15 <laughs> minutes massaging my cat. And I'm not a massage expert, but I figured why not get a massage expert on the phone? Bruce Bregenzer, is that correct? Am I That's right. How are you doing? Well, so far today, so good. 
That's good. That's we good. take it a little at a time. That's the way I do it. You're an animals massage and touch therapist in the Chicago, Milwaukee area. Is that correct? That's right. First of all, how do you get into something like this? Did you start off as a massage therapist for humans? Well, I, I think that's how most people do start. Um, the people who come to my classes kind of generally come from either human massage, uh, they want to work with a little easier client, um, or they come from uh, veterinary medicine, vet techs, and, and that kind of thing, or from um, agility or you know dog activities. Um, actually, I didn't come from any of those. It's just I had a lot of animals with a lot of issues, and one day somebody said the words animal massage together, and it occurred to me that at least some of the time that's what I'd been doing, and that that was a really good idea. I just, it had never occurred to me that you could do that. What kind what of mean? issues were you able to help your dogs with? Well, uh, what we work with most are um, recuperative things. Uh, after a surgery or an injury, uh, sometimes they, well, particularly before the surgery or after the injury or in between, they won't use the limb correctly which means that your compensation develops other issues that get out of balance. Um, helping that bring it back into balance, helping to strengthen the muscles that, that need to be worked with um, and relax the ones that have been working too hard. Is this something that you and I can do? Well, I know you can do it, but I'm talking <laughs> about the list, listener and myself, dumb old Hal, can do. Uh, do we need to study muscle charts for uh, a feline or for a dog, or is it something that we can pick up on fairly easily? Well, it kind of depends on what you're planning to do. If, if you're talking about your own animal, and yes. what you what you want to do is make sure that they're comfortable and that they're using themselves well and that you know if something develops with them, everybody can do it. Everybody can do it and everybody should do it. Um, the, the biggest thing is paying attention to what's happening while you're working with them, to watch and to see where they stretch and you know, where they tense up a little bit and those kind of things. Now, I'm no expert, but I massage my cat all the time. Sometimes it's well-received and sometimes it's not, even though I do the same thing. Well, particularly with cats, it's a mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, if somebody calls me to come see their dog, I just kind of take the information, set a time, and assume things are going to go the way I expect them to go, which uh -huh. is I'm going to meet the dog, and a few minutes later we'll be working. If somebody calls me with a cat, we do that same taking information routine, but it comes with the, the caveat that it, it's kind of a 50-50 deal. <laughs> if the cat's not in the mood, I'm not going to get them into it. <laughs> they, <clears throat> it when they're in the mood. And uh -huh. I'm sure you've noticed this with yours. They are really receptive to it. They direct you to the places they want you to go. You spend the time there that they want you to spend, and then they turn and move and get other places uh -huh. under your hand. They're, they understand themselves, and so they present it real well. When they're not in the mood, getting them to hold still for it is uh, that's not on my agenda. You know, give, you know, give my secretary a call, and maybe we'll make an appointment for it. But it's not like dealing with a dog. Yeah, dog so, never turns down a massage, does he? They well, they will on rare occasions. Uh, if there's something about their situation that they're not comfortable with changing, they will sometimes be a little resistant to the idea. Oh. Um, I call it the old grumpy old man syndrome. <laughs> Generally speaking, dogs are oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> 
here. Touch me here. <laughs> Have you had the chance to work with any other animals other than cats or dogs? I don't know, massage an iguana or something like that. Just a few. Um, I don't work with horses. I, uh, the, the, I've worked with them a little in classes here and there, and, and when I've worked with them, I find I'm really receptive, and I know that what I hear, they're terrific to work with, but I know people who work with horses, and there's lots of cats and dogs. Um, I have worked with a couple of rabbits, a llama, um, probably the oddest one would be a cockatoo. I, I don't read bird body language, but he lifted his wings, and I figured that meant he was enjoying himself. He liked it. <laughs> Okay. That's what his mom said, anyway. It's, <laughs> that's what it means when they lift their wings. So, Okay, you are uh, one of these people that apparently thinks this Internet thing is going to keep on going like it is, and you put together <laughs> a, a website called Companion Animal Touch Hand Therapies.com, right. right? Right. And that's a long URL, so uh, remember, everything you've heard on today's show, URLs are all available at AnimalRadio.com. What are we going to find at CompanionAnimalTouchHandTherapies.com? Well, you'll find um, the list of classes that I teach and some information about those, and you'll find what you would expect to see in a session if you call it to have me come work with your animal. Very good, Bruce. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Not a problem. One of my favorite subjects. Animal Massage Touch Therapist Bruce Begenzer on Animal Radio. You're Thank listening you. to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. I've had it done to me. It's not that rough. Hey, all you animal lovers out there. Last February, I had my dog Rudy neutered during Spay Day USA. This year, I'm going to enter him in the pet photo contest at humanesociety.org slash spayday. It runs January 15th through February 29th. You can upload your pet's picture, get your friends to vote for him, and win some cool prizes. So get out there and take some pictures. Good luck trying to beat my Rudy. Presented by the Humane Society of the United States. Sponsored by Nature's Miracle and powered by Pets 911. Upload your pet photo at humanesociety.org slash spayday. If there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? Green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years. And taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant, green tea, to your daily diet. And if you call Call now to order and buy two months. We'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315 or visit airtimestore.com. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too.
A barnyard soap opera is playing out in Bloomington, Indiana. Kathy Crossan wants the owners of an alpaca breeding farm to disclose which one of its male alpacas sired the offspring of her prized female named Peruvian Lily of the Incas. Lily was sent to the farm to be bred to a stud named Snowmass Casanova, but contracts were never worked out, so Lily was sent packing and returned home pregnant. But by whom? It's a twisted tale, and now Crossan just wants to know who's the alpaca baby daddy. A blood test ruled out Casanova, and without the father's name, she can't register or sell the young alpaca. Where's Maury Povich when you need him? I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, hi, Chick. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. The weather in California is gorgeous. Now, you're in uh, Northern California, I'm right? in Northern California, just out of Redding, California, in a small town of Cottonwood. And you have the Bella Vista Farms and Animal Sanctuary, is that correct? Yes, we're a licensed animal sanctuary slash rescue, and very large. And what kind of animals do you have there? I rescue domestic and barnyard. I'm a retired nurse, and I have rescued um, for many, many years, and we operate on 65 acres. Wow, that sounds uh, sounds absolutely exquisite. It is wonderful. How many animals do you have there altogether? If you count everything, and we're <laughs> talking chickens right up to large horses, we're talking 600. Wow. Boy, yeah. I, I would imagine feed time takes pretty much most of the day. Oh, hello. <laughs> you bet. Uh, you yeah. do something very, very special. That's why I wanted to get you on the phone. You actually take these animals into classrooms. Is that correct? Well, I'll tell you what. It was a, it was a dream job. Um, last August, I was offered the position of teaching children animal care. I was thrilled. Uh-huh. I was absolutely, my feet weren't touching the ground. I was so thrilled. Sure. It. it is such a necessary thing in our schools. Well, I've always felt that way. The earlier you learn, the more compassionate you're going to be as an adult. When you start with kindergartners, they're like little sponges. Yes. <laughs> they just absorb everything I say to them. I go in with an animal, a barnyard animal, normally, and get their attention. Um, they pet, love, hug the animal. But what I really gear my classes to are the animals that they have in their own home. Uh-huh. Okay. From fish, dogs, cats, guinea pigs, rabbits, turtles, 
Okay, so you might bring in, let's say, uh, what kind of barnyard animal might you bring? I might bring a miniature horse, a miniature donkey, a a little llama, a bunny, any type of barnyard animal that they really normally don't get to see. Right. And that grabs their attention, and then you hit them up with the uh, dog and the cat and the fish. (laughs) You bet I do. You bet I do. Um, You'd be be surprised at how many households have an animal, Uh but the children really don't know how to care for the animal. So what do you teach them? I teach them right from the get-go that they have taken on the responsibility of an animal in their home, Mm -hmm. and it is now a family member, and it should be treated as such. I get my licks in about spay and neuter when I can. Very good. (laughs) I'm a fanatic. Good. Um, I I get in there when I can. I, I teach depending on the age. I gear my classes toward that. But when I can, I talk about spay and neuter. I teach a class on secondhand smoke to animals. I talk to them about aggressive animals, about animals that are not theirs, and how to approach that type of a situation. I gear a lot of it toward what the needs are of their family pet. How many schools do you go to? Well, at this point, I do 25 schools for um, what's called Project Share. It's an after-school program. And I do five for an enterprise, which is another area in our area. I do five schools. So I'm teaching a total of 30 schools. My wish is that this was not just for an after-school program, but this was for every class, every age. Sure. Yes. What ages are you teaching? I'm teaching kindergarten through eighth at this point. It's like home ec. It's something that should be included in the curriculum at most schools. Absolutely. When these children are taught that it's not something that we have just gotten and can be passed around, or if we don't like to take care of it, it can go somewhere else. When they're taught that that is not okay, they're taught. Have you heard any stories where any of the children have talked to you about their parents wanting to get rid of an animal? Absolutely. What Absolutely. Do, what did the children say? Um, well, the children don't really aren't allowed an opinion at some point, yeah. um, but but they can um, get vocal about it at home. Um, they can say, "Now, Chick said, you know, I can't teach the adults. Sure, no. I can't. An adult is either going to spay and neuter." They're either going to not smoke around animals and children. I can't teach them. But when I gear it toward the children, it's fixed in their mind for their future. Parents must realize that it benefits them, too, because the kids are taking care of the animals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I tell you a real quick story? Please. Um, About an eight-year-old, about the third time I went to their classroom, I said... What have you done since I saw you last? I had been in there two weeks ago. I said, what have you done at home that I taught you? Has anybody applied any of this? One boy, ooh, ooh, had his hand in the air. And he said, I changed the kitty litter, and I walked my dog. And I said, is this something that you normally don't do? And he said, absolutely, I never have done that before. My mom hollers at me, begs, pleads, but I never do it. And I said, and now you've done it. I said, what did your mom say? Did she notice? He said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, what did she say? And he said, <laughs> she said, who are you and what have you done with my son? <laughs> and I loved it because they need to know that they're part of the care. That it's, that it's a joint effort when you have anything in your home. You all 
have to take responsibility for the animal. And I teach them a lot of pride, that you should be proud when you fix a little cozy bed for your animal and it's not in the rain. When you scrub that kitty litter and freshened it and uh, scrubbed the water dish and the food dish, put fresh food and water, that you should be very proud of yourself. We are with Chick Miller. Chick, do you have a website? I don't, honey. I have a tablet and an ink pen. And that's how I run the farms. I'm of the just. I guess the old. I guess I'm probably the last person in the world that doesn't have a computer, but I don't. But my name and number can and address can be given out freely to anyone. Okay, I'll tell you what. If you're interested in learning more, especially if you're a sanctuary somewhere in the country that thinks this is a great idea, you'd like to bring your animals out. Anyone can teach this class. Anyone can. I keep it simple. They need food, water, shelter, and love. And we go over every, all four of those. And I keep it simple so that they know it's not difficult to give very good care to their animals. What we'll do is if you're interested in talking or hooking up with Chick, uh, give us a call here at one 405 8405 She, of course, is at the Bella Vista Farms Animal Sanctuary in Cottonwood yes. just outside of Redding, California. Thank you so much for having me. That's all we have time for this week. Remember, there's lots more streaming live 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com. And on your cell phone, simply text ANIMAL to 27627. Remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. That happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.